No, I am merely trying to be a good neighbor. If you have so little regard for the Fitzcamons as to shun their relations, then I have misjudged your character. Jane's eyes twinkled, and she pecked him on the cheek. I think a strawberry-picking party sounds delightful. I am certain that the Fitzcamerons will thank you for your courtesy to them. The tall yew hedges hugged the path on either side of them, shielding them from the view of the house. Overhead, the sky arched in a gentle shell of blue. Mr. Ellsworth walked in companionable silence beside his daughter, plotting ways to bring her together with Captain Livingston. They turned to the last corner of the maze and went up the long walk to the house. On the steps he paused. You know I only want the best for you, my dear. Jane looked down. Of course, Papa. Good. He squeezed her arm. I shall choke on the strawberries, then, to make certain they will be suitably ripe for next week. He left her on the steps and went to the hill on the east side of the house, making plans for the party as he walked. Jane folded her shawl over her arm, still thinking of her father's thinly-veiled plans. He meant well, but would surely tip his hand to Captain Livingston, who was, after all, several years her junior. She had first met Henry Livingston before the war broke out when he wintered with Lady Fitzcameron while his parents were away on the continent. He had been an attractive boy with large dark eyes and a thick crop of unruly black hair. Though a favorite of Lady Fitzcameron, he had not been back to the estate since, and it was hard to imagine him as a grown man. She shook her head, settled the folds of her muslin frock, and entered the drawing room. The smell of jasmine nearly overpowered her, burning her nose and making her eyes water. Her younger sister Melody, who wove folds of glamour in the corner, was evidently the source of the overwhelming aroma. Melody, what in heaven's name are you doing? Melody jumped and dropped the folds of glamour in her hands. They dissolved back into the ether from whence she had pulled them. Oh, Jane! When I visited Lady Fitzcameron with Mamma, she conjured the loveliest hint of jasmine in the air. It was so elegant, and I cannot understand how she managed such a subtle touch. Jane shook her head and went to open the window so the jasmine fragrance could dissipate with more speed. My dear, Lady Fitzcameron had the best tutors as a girl, including, I believe, the renowned German glamorist Herr Scholes. It is hardly surprising that she can manage such delicate folds. When Jane let her vision shift to the ether, so the physical room faded from her view, the lingering remnants of glamour were far too bulky for the effect that Melody had been trying to attain. Jane took the folds between her fingers and thinned them to a gossamer weight which she could barely feel. When she stretched them out, they spanned the corner in a fine web. Once she anchored the folds to the corner, the glamour settled into the room, vanishing from view. The gentle scent of honeysuckle filled the air as if from a sprig of flowers. It took so little effort that she barely felt light-headed. Melody squinted at the corner where Jane had left the web, as if trying to see the invisible folds. Please do not squint, dear. It is unbecoming. She ignored Melody's scowl and turned back to the web. Not for the first time. She wondered if Melody were nearsighted. She could never handle fine work, even with needlepoint and her glamour seemed limited to only the broadest strokes. What does it matter? Melody threw herself on the sofa. I have no hope of catching a husband. I am so abysmally poor at all of the arts. 
Jane could not help herself. She laughed at her sister. You have nothing to fear. Had I half your beauty, I would have more bows than the largest dowry could settle upon me. She turned to straighten one of her watercolors on the north wall. Mr. Dunkirk sends his regards. Jane was thankful that her back was to her sister, for the sudden flush she felt would have given her away. She tried to hide the growing attachment she felt towards Mr. Dunkirk, particularly since he seemed to have a higher regard for Melody, but his gentle manner drew her to him. I hope he is well. She was pleased with the steadiness in her voice. He asked if he could call this afternoon. Melody sighed. That is why I wanted to freshen the drawing room. The wistfulness in Melody's voice would only be appropriate if she had reached an understanding with him. Jane turned to her sister, scrutinizing her countenance.